Uh, why is everything that's good for you hard? I don't know. I don't know. It is hard. I'm it's like, really okay, hard. today is today. This is it. Nope. Okay, <laughs> today is today. This is it. Nope. Hi, everybody. I'm Elise Real. And I'm Isha Bell. And this is Full Time Black Women, a community for black professional women to live, laugh, grow, and feel the soul. So, what are we talking about today, Elise? Today's topic is black, female, and anxious. Oh, yes, this is a good one. Yes. So we wanted to get transparent with you guys here at Full Time Black Women and discuss anxiety and the most more specifically anxiety in the workplace. So for those unfamiliar with anxiety, it's a mental health disorder characterized by intense, excessive and persistent worry and fear that are strong enough to interfere with your daily activities. Mm -hmm. It can lead to symptoms such as include um, (laughs) including fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating and feeling tired it's probably like something that you may have heard growing up for your grandmother or maybe an older black female or something described as the nerves yes exactly that's it that's it so anxiety usually occurs in stressful situations such as the workplace and that's why we want to talk about it and share our experience with anxiety today well, I guess we could go ahead and get started with uh, stats for that ass. Hey, stats for that ass. We bringing you the facts with some stats for that ass. So check this out, Elise. What's that? Leader in Black Mental Health Anxiety Disorder, uh, Angela Neal Barnett, wrote in Workplaces, Black women often find themselves the only one or the first one. Mm -hmm. In these situations, they have been taught that they have to be twice as good to go half as far and they are representing the entire race and for that reason they're being watched more closely than their white counterparts yeah i feel that don't we on a regular basis yeah now these beliefs coupled with the prominent images of black women in america increase one's risk for social anxiety Mm. did you know that anxiety is the most common mental health disorder in the u.s and it impacts african-americans at a higher rate than any other group but not only just African-Americans, African-American women. That's that, that. I feel that. I feel that. And I think that I am not surprised that African-American women experience it the most. Uh, I feel like we're definitely warriors because we try to take care of everybody. 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 Exactly. And we try to do this all the time and often at the detriment of ourselves. See, I was kind of surprised that African-American women, you know, are impacted with anxiety disorder because first of all, we don't really talk about mental health disorders within our community. True. So the fact of the matter is that we're the ones who need it the most Mm -hmm. you know it needs to be on our top three things that we should focus on on a daily basis but we're not doing that right and to see the facts with them stats yep but that ass (laughs) then that ass need to pay attention to this one right here yes because like you said if you don't have this then it could crumble everything that's around you i couldn't i couldn't uh say that better myself but for the most part i think you hit the nail on the head Um, so Elise, when did you realize you were experiencing anxiety? I don't think I ever knew that that's what I had, honestly, um, up until more recently. So I would say I probably experienced it even in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a high focus on being a athletic, um, scholar, a scholar athlete. Woo. Kind of like a brain fart for a second. <laughs> 
So I was really focused on my athletic performance. I played three different sports. And so I had to excel. That's what I wanted. I wanted to do that well. So I was concerned with my performance in that. And then also academically, I was in a non-diverse environment uh, for my junior and senior year. So it became a situation where I was one of few. So I felt the anxiety of being um, of holding the weight of my race on my back and not being looked at as, oh, she's black. She's not really that smart. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I excelled in my athletics as well as my academics. And then also being a teen, once you're in your junior year and senior year, you start thinking about dating, you get a hormonal and stuff. And then it's the whole concept of, well, can I find a boyfriend? Like those little things all coupled together, I think just made me anxious at times. And as I got older, these anxieties progressed into other areas of my life and changed differently, but still kind of centered around performance and how I was perceived, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Perception is a huge deal. Yes. Um, when it comes to your mental health. Mm-hmm. So did you know what was happening no. at the time? Mm-mm. I had no real clue what was happening at all. Um, I had to seek medical, medical attention, actually, because it... To me, I thought it was nothing. I thought it was maybe something I could brush off. I ignored it for a long time. So I had like a little bit of chest pain. I was tired. I had some tension. And so I went to the doctor and they checked me out to make sure it was nothing major wrong. And they did an EKG. Everything was clear. And so the doctor said, you probably have anxiety. And I'm like, mm, no, but OK. All right. Whatever you say. As long as there's nothing wrong with my heart, I'm good. You know, yeah. so I just kind of ignored the diagnosis and went on about my life until I was the victim of a armed home invasion. Oh. And that kind of triggered more advanced symptoms. So mm-hmm. that's when I had to kind of sit up and take notice. Wow. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you went through that. That it, is scary. It was scary, but I'm still here and that's what's important. That, yes. <laughs> you know, a clap for that one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we talked about, you know, your journey through anxiety and mm-hmm. not knowing what it was. Yeah. Finally fi- figuring out what it was. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about other causes for black women okay. of anxiety. I know the pressure of being the best at everything. Yeah. You mentioned before about being a, a scholar athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, we always try to be the best daughter, friend, employee, partner, whatever. Yeah. While taking care of everyone else and as black women that's what we have been taught to do absolutely i mean there's always the feeling to excel and that translate directly into being a professional Mm -hmm. as a professional black woman that's a trigger you want to perform well you want to be seen you want to be recognized and promoted and for me i had some self-imposed stress from personal deadlines that i would put on myself to exceed normal expectations I would take on additional projects to increase my promotion potential and things like that. And um, also then just dealing with personal issues that might pop up all of a sudden and kind of throw me off my game. And then I'd have to redirect my focus on getting back into my work so that, you know, I would not be the obstacle in my own career path. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So although I am likely still ahead in my work and things like that in comparison to my counterparts um i always felt behind because i was behind my own personal deadlines or behind the level that i thought i should be at man 
that damn Shiner complex. It's a thing. That we have. It's a thing. To always want to be the top, top tier performer, Mm -hmm. producer, whatever you could think of. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think in addition to that, another cause of anxiety is we receive their advice just to pray about it. Yes. And I am... A huge proponent of prayer. I believe in prayer, the power of prayer and things like that. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with mental health issues, sometimes this can cause you to internalize the anxiety further and create kind of like a silence. Yeah. So you don't talk about what's bothering you to other people um, because you're just supposed to pray about it. And then if you bottle this up and hold on to it. If you worry and you don't let it go, then of course you sink deeper into it. And so to me, sometimes this type of advice can be counterproductive. So you don't, um, you discount what therapy can actually do for you because it's like, well, why do I need a third party when I can just pray? Yes. But the assistance of a non-biased third party can actually really help you dig into the causes and help you start to manage things. Well, I think it could be, the stigma of mental disorders in the black community mm. is a reason why so many of us are afraid to take that route yes. of going to therapy. Mm-hmm. There is an abundance of a uh, amount of information available at yeah. the tips of our fingers. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. how many people, uh, how many of us have smartphones, yeah. you know, I do. Uh, right. And we're <laughs> on it all day scrolling through social media or, you know, watching countless endless mindless, uh, videos right but at the same time you could just google your symptoms i'm feeling like this Mm -hmm. could this be something else now i don't say just go and google those things and just say oh that's what i got no then it's time to deal with it or Mm -hmm. maybe go to a professional to have them go ahead and diagnose you further give you a treatment plan so you'll be a better you because we have to be whole individuals absolutely no not bits and pieces because the puzzle all has to fit yes Absolutely. And also growing up in a black community, we're told that mental disorders are for crazy people, Mm -hmm. you know, like he got that crazy disease or um, that's only therapy is only for Karen's and Jeff's, not for us. (laughs) Right. No, we have to look at outside factors, not only with work, but other things that may cause anxiety in Mm -hmm. our lives. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you think other than work could be other factors that, oh, it's a trigger? Yeah. So I think For me, it was worrying about life decisions. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to make sure um, I was making the right decision that gave me the best possible outcome, that gave the outcome that was um, most, I don't know, productive or that worked best for everybody involved. Um, I also worried about personal relationships. And if I was, like I said, being a good daughter, being a good friend, being Mm -hmm. a good um, girlfriend, not right now. I'm single. <laughs> Go ahead. Put yourself out there at least. Right. <laughs> so um, being a good whatever title may be and just making sure that I was taking care of other people. I put other people before myself a lot. Yeah. And so in doing that, I neglected myself. And I think some of it came down to putting myself first meant I was being selfish. And Mm. so I needed to, you know, think about other people. Um, And I think just the constant putting other people before myself is probably what caused some more anxiety. So this thing of us putting people first. Mm -hmm. Do you think it could be a cop out to avoid having to face our own issues? I think so. Like, I don't think I ever 
I never thought of it that way at first. I never even, I think that's an awesome question <laughs> because mm-hmm. it never dawned on me to think of it that way. Um, but yeah, I think it can be a cop out. You're like, hopefully it'll go away. If I don't address it, if I don't think about it, if I don't look at it, if I put all of these things, all of these, all of these things, I heard nothing I, wrong. Thank you. Cause I was struggling. <laughs> um, if I put all of these things ahead of it, it keeps me from having to do the work of being self-reflective. I, I know how to handle other people. Mm-hmm. I know how to help other people. I know how to be there for other people, but to be there for myself whoa yeah because black women we will mother the world oh even yeah. if you don't need a mother we're going to mother you exactly okay exactly dealing with your own issues or your own uh problems is scary and it's a chore that's some some time that you have to take away from dealing with someone else which is a shame because you, you need the time to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and i think we've also had it ingrained in our minds that taking time for ourselves is a selfish thing mm-hmm but black women have never been allowed to be selfish. This is true. You know, like whatever we had left over after taking care of the world, we are also obligated to give that away too. Mm-hmm. Or we feel the somehow deep urge and need to give it out to somebody else. Oh, yeah. I'll be fine. I'm okay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. times are changing. So I'm very, very happy about that. Thank goodness. Because, you know, millennials, especially black millennials, we are starting to pay more attention to mental health disorders and put a spotlight on it for mm-hmm. the positive. True. Not, True. oh, that's only a crazy person thing. It's more so, no, this is what we all need in yes. order to survive. Yes. Not just to survive, because that's all we've been doing. We want to thrive. Mm-hmm. We want to have a new change or a new uh, a characteristic attached to us. Right. And black women, I feel, also are uplifting one another more now. Yes. You know, like, right? yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Like, sis, you are dope. You know, like, you are wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. you are everything. You are a queen. You are a goddess. We got black girl magic and stuff like that just gives me all the good feels. Yes, it does. You know, because yes. we realized as first generation self caretakers. Oh, I like that. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Who was really teaching us how to take care of ourselves? This is true. Who was really teaching our um, parents how to take care of themselves or our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers, our great-great-great-grandmothers? Very true. Fortunately, our great-great-great-grandmothers more than likely were slaves. Mm -hmm. So wasn't nobody telling him, you know what, Cora? (laughs) You've been picking that cotton all weekend. I tell you, the bumbles you've been bringing in, girl, (laughs) it is wonderful. Go ahead, take yourself a bubble bath. <laughs> a bubble bath. A bubble bath. <laughs> you know, like that wasn't happening. So as millennials, as first generation self-care takers, yeah. we have to teach ourselves how to heal. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I am 100% happy that people are talking about it more. I mean, it just proves that we're not alone out there. And feeling like you're alone in it when you are in the midst of having an anxiety attack or in the midst of feeling depressed or whatever your uh, mental health issue is, it can be really crippling. But um, when you feel like you have a community, that's what helps you at least look into ways to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need that. We need those outlets and ways to prompt discussion and ways to make uh, each other feel like we're, we can uplift each other out of this mess. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but in my family, mental health care was not something that was brought up on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it really wasn't discussed. It was more so, you know, you pray about it. 
whatever the issue is, that's what you play, pray mm-hmm. about. And your family will be here for you. My family was there for me when I was stressed out or feeling anxious. And so when I was younger, we didn't really associate my stress with it being like a mental health thing or my anxieties with being something that, you know, seek professional help for. It yeah. was just, we got your back. We, we're here for you. We love you. You know, we'll get through this. But after the um, break-in happened, that's when uh, my parents were like, you know what, maybe, maybe therapy is a good idea. Maybe mm-hmm. that's something that you should seek out because after that, I was, like I said, the uh, issues I was facing were magnified. So I had to figure out a way to deal with that. And I didn't know how to do that alone. So, well, kudos to your parents for steering you in the right direction of saying, we can't really help you with this, mm-hmm. but there are other avenues that you could travel to get the care that you or treatment that you need. Yeah. So go ahead for that. Thanks mom and dad. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Did you receive mixed responses regarding seeing a therapist from those close to you? Um, I, so my closest, uh, family members, my closest (laughs) friends who I talked to about it, um, and let them know. Cause first of all, let me, let me be clear. I didn't, this was not something I shared with everybody. This is not something that I was like, I'm going to therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a count. No, yeah. that's not how that went down. So my, of course, my mom and dad knew, um, my best friends knew, but um, I did get some mixed responses. My ex uh, boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. uh, my ex was actually a little concerned and thought that it was making things worse by me going to therapy. Um, and at the time I thought maybe he was right, you know, because I was getting more paranoid. I was more, um, I guess, hyper sensitive and hyper aware, Mm -hmm. but I kept going and I didn't stop going because I didn't know what else to do. Cause I hurt, like it wasn't something I could ignore. And that was the only other thing that I could figure out to do. So I was like, something's got to work. And I think the only reason that I was hyper aware and more paranoid at the time about the break-in and everything else was just because I, um, I was revisiting this scene Mm -hmm. in my sessions and it was keeping it raw, but in addressing it, that's the only way that you can move forward past it. If you continue to ignore it, it's just going to sit there and fester and for me, create pain. And so I, there's only so much room underneath that rug, exa- you know? Exactly. Exactly. So it's either you look at this huge mountain of a rug or you actually clean it out and take the dust out and everything else and walk on a flat surface. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how do you handle it on a daily basis? Um, I continue to go to therapy and I uh, do the things that my therapist suggests I do. So I have homework sometimes. <laughs> so it's about whether I read a book or if I do um, certain mental, I guess, I don't know what to call them. Just little things that I can do to calm myself down. So I'll practice breathing. I will practice um, journaling. So I'll do that a few times a day just to recognize my thoughts and recognize how I feel throughout the day. So that I'm not disconnected from my emotions. Okay. Um, I also try to recognize my triggers so that I know what throughout the day may cause me to get a little anxious. So if, if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed because I have a long to-do list, then I know, all right, take a breath. First of all, look at my to-do list. How's the best way to attack it? And 
handle it in sections and understand that, you know, some of this might be okay to deal with tomorrow. I don't have to be a super worker today. I don't have to be a super worker, period. I just have to handle this the best way that I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, um, walking outside, being out in nature and just walking, especially when I felt closed in and needed some space. That helped a lot, too. Nice. I love those tips. Thank you. So we've talked about what anxiety is and Mm -hmm. how you have journeyed through it yourself. Yeah. So some factors that play into black women being the leading group of Americans with anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get into that. Okay. So the first um, factor could be the strong black woman. You are a strong black woman who just keeps on keeping on. You just keep on moving through all of the pain, through all the struggle, through all the stress, through all the anxiety, because you don't want to stop and place a magnifying glass on your mental health which uh, could impact your physical health and therefore put you at greater risk for other things. Mm -hmm. You feel like, you know, I've been taking care of this. I got this. You focus on the um, racial gender schema of this strong black woman syndrome, which prompts you to rely on uh, yourself and being self-silent and coping through strategies on your own um, instead of seeking help. So, You've been dealing with this for X amount of years. You don't need everybody in your business. You know, you got this. You are fine. I'm fine. Is probably one of the biggest things that you will hear from this person. So this coping strategies associated with a strong black woman race gender schema could trigger anxiety and depression symptoms that may intensify when coupled with other disorders such as post-traumatic stress, strength, Post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> Look, I heard nothing wrong. That's what it, PTSD. Exactly. <laughs> I heard nothing wrong. stress disorder. <laughs> I'm going to get it right. Mm-hmm. And then social anxieties. So, I, I mean, this rings true for me um, 100% so? because my initial symptoms when I was just dealing with normal, regular, I guess, anxiety for me was like, I feel hot. I might have a little bit of difficulty focusing. I feel like a heartburn sensation Mm -hmm. maybe. But then when um, things intensified for me, I would have a heart flutter, which would magnify into just heavy chest pain. And it would escalate into back pain or just extreme tension. And um, I would not be able to focus at all. I would possibly hyperventilate if it got to a certain level wow and just need immediate space like enclosed spaces were a no i could not i could not do it the the big thing is that you have to know that um in not dealing with something you can make things worse yeah i mean and this just proves how powerful thoughts are yes you know because all of this came from one thought one you know, that connected itself to another thought mm-hmm. that connected itself to a memory that yep. connected itself to a feeling that yes. connected itself, and just it just became rampant, you it know, did. a rampant web of just worry. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's basically what anxiety is. Yeah. And your mental was affected by your emotional, which then impacted your physical to the point that you're like, I don't know if I can breathe right now. <laughs> from one exactly. And the crazy thing is I would be very transparent with you. I am feeling it like right now, like I'm feeling hot right now. I ain't going to lie to you. Really? Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm 
breathing. And that's probably why I'm stumbling over my words too. Cause this is, this is like personal. This yeah. Is, transparent. Transparent. Yeah. So I'm feeling a little bit now. Casperish. You, yeah. You're Casperish right now. <laughs> I'm Casperish. That's good like, because that's what we need in our community. You know, that's true. what we're all about here. Full-time black women is to make sure we're transparent. So we're relatable to those who are going through the same things that we're going through, who may not even recognize they're going through it until we were like, look mm-hmm, exactly and that's exactly what my body said you gonna recognize me today it's it's almost like you getting ready to fight i mean here she comes jumping in the ring it's a strong black woman don't touch her hair or her feelings because she'll fight back i mean in her right hand corner she has herself in her left hand corner she has herself and what she gonna do she gonna knock out her children, her partner, her friend, her family, her job, and not only that, society is hanging at the top. <laughs> society is saying, you ain't worth spending time on yourself. There's more. She's being passed up at work. She's getting more work added to her load. And here comes some more responsibility. But no extra pay. No! <laughs> Karen! Oh, look! Oh my gosh! How did your hair grow so fast over the weekend? Microaggression. Girl, get out of here with that! That's basically what goes on when you're having an anxiety attack. Everything else, a yes. thought from here, a thought from there, and all of a sudden you're in a ring fighting yourself. Yes! That is- with the help of yourself beating up yourself. Yes! I, that is the perfect explanation for what it is. I, I loved it. I don't know mm. what it was. I don't know where it came from, but I loved it. Now, my friends, that is why we're the leading group of people with anxiety. <laughs> because of things outside of our co- control, but also inside and outside triggers. Oh, my gosh. So tell us, Isha, what is the next stereotype? The angry black woman. So black women were known, or at least they want us to believe that we're quick to anger. Mm-hmm. We're filled with this flaring temper or we're just always combative. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the anger is an outward expression, I believe, of our discomfort with, you know, negative effects associated with anxiety. Yes, definitely. Constantly, you are feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. When you express how you're feeling, all of a sudden you're being labeled as having an attitude or being combative. You know, Black women especially professional black women we work so hard to dispel this image yes. at the workplace yeah all the time all the time you know like you're afraid to really stand up for yourself sometimes because they'll be quick to say oh, see i told you mm-hmm. didn't i tell you she, she can't help herself she attitude and all exactly it was bound to happen mm-hmm. now i can say the same exact thing that karen said I can express myself the same exact way that karen did right but when it comes down to it karen has a shoulder to lead on but I have no one, right? you know, or I'm being sent to HR or mm-hmm. I'm being considered the bad apple or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So after a while, yeah, you're going to feel a certain type of way. Like when I think of the angry black woman, I just think of my mother's uh, teacup chihuahua. Okay. Dasani dream. Oh, that's cute. Ooh, she was a bad one, a bad, you know what? But um, <laughs> she was old, like I think she passed away last year and she was like 18 years okay. old. Oh, wow. It's like she was so old. Her old had an E. Stop okay. <laughs> O-L-D-E. 
know. But I feel like she dealt with anxiety because she was so tiny. Mm-hmm. So she always had the fear of people stepping on her or pushing her to the side. So she was always ready to snap at you if you got too close to her. Okay. You know, um, because she was so vulnerable to being hurt. Yeah. And yeah. when I think of the angry black woman, I feel it could be that too, because there are issues that are going on inside of her that aren't being handled. Mm-hmm. And she's not seeking help, but no one's really putting a hand out to offer her the help right. at the same time. Right. So the easiest way to handle it sometimes is to be snappy and to have a quote unquote attitude. Right. Right. Because we work so hard to dispel this, um, because we work so hard to dispel this uh, stereotype, yeah. I felt like we focus on our image 10 times more than anyone else to ensure we're not perceived as that angry black woman. I totally agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Just add more to the worry. If so, it comes down to our hair, how we dress, yes. you know, our body types, mm-hmm. you know, the way we speak. So mm-hmm. now that we have talked about the different stereotypes, uh, how about we get into how to actually handle being black, female, and anxious? So one of the first ways to handle it is to recognize what it is. And you have to recognize it and call it what it is. Don't brush it under the rug like we talked about. You cannot move forward without accepting what's happening to you. You have to accept it and put a name on it and actually face it head on. Mm -hmm. There's no way to actually move forward by ignoring things. You have to attack it head on, figure out what's causing your triggers uh, of your anxiety, and then you can look at the best routes to manage it. I think another way to handle being black, female, and anxious is to figure out how to counteract your anxiety Mm. on a regular basis. Yeah. Like mental health days. My mother has this thing that I'll call her up sometime like, hey, Ma, are you getting ready for work? She's like, no, I'm not going today. I was like, why? Why aren't you going to work? I'm taking a mental health day. Like, what is a mental health day? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a day where I'm putting my mental health first. I like that. Right. And I was like, OK, well, I don't understand, because if I go into the office, my mental health is going to be end up being last. It's going to be impacted in a mm-hmm. negative way. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be a good day for anybody. So it's right. best that I stay home and take a mental health day. So I've been doing those, too. Like, yeah. sometimes you just wake up. You just can't. Yeah, I just can't mm-hmm. and i will not right and i'll just stay home stay home if i have the time um meditation is something that i'm trying it's very. hard uh why is everything that's good for you hard i don't know i don't know it is hard i'm it's like really okay hard. today is today this is it nope okay <laughs> today is today this is it nope yeah but i mean you have to keep trying you do because it's something for yourself and it's very very beneficial Mm -hmm. um also what you like to do i like to do schedule walks yeah you know like if i'm just getting to the point that i'm just jumpy or i can't focus Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna walk away i'm just gonna take a walk yep yep Uh, another way to handle being black female and anxious is don't be afraid to ask for help This is not a situation where you can handle things alone. Sometimes trying to handle things alone will actually make things worse because you are taking more on, you're internalizing it and things like that. And it only allows the situation to compound. Mm -hmm. So do not be afraid to ask for help, seek therapy, seek a counselor and um, figure out how to address your issues with the assistance of a professional. Another uh, way to handle being black, female, anxious is to know your rights. FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act, um, also offers approval for flexibility at work, and that is available to you. Your job is responsible for making a 
healthy work environment for you. And that includes your mental health. So you can also look into the use of EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program. An Employee Assistance Program is a voluntary work-based program that offers free and confidential confidential assessments, short-term counseling referrals, and follow-up services to employees who have personal and or work-related problems. And this is actually how I first started looking for my therapist was through the EAP program through my job. And if necessary, you could discuss your situation with your management. You are not obligated to give all the details of anything, but as far as maybe letting them know, look, I need to take this personal day uh, for personal reasons. And maybe during that time, that's when you go to therapy or whatever the case may be. Sometimes management can be understanding enough to work with you in situations like that. Mm-hmm. So this is our show. That is our show about being black, female and anxious. So I want to thank you first, Elise, for Aww. sharing your story. Thank you. And I also have to thank you on another level because you have been an inspiration to me to put my mental health Aww. as a priority in my life. Um, because of you, I started therapy, you know, at the end of 2019 because I just realized 2020 is going to be my year. Absolutely. 2020, but I couldn't make 2020 my year if I wasn't taking care of the entire picture of Isha. Right. You know, the whole picture of me. Business pieces aren't going to fit if, you know, they don't have a jail. Right. And therapy has been that for me, the jail to allow me to get through, you know, the pressures of every single day and of being an adult, but also the pressures of being a black woman mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to say thank you for being a positive reflection of what therapy can do for you. And also give me the elbow in my ribs to let me know <laughs> I need to go ahead and check that out. I mean, you along with other friends who have, um, you know, went ahead and uh, checked out therapy mm-hmm. and my husband telling me, maybe you need to check out therapy. I'm like, I, I But now I think about it, I'm like, I needed it. (laughs) And I'm glad that I have people like you to lean on and to be a resource to allow me to know it's okay to go and do it because I have 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 never felt this great in my adult life since doing it. So So thank you, girl. You're welcome. I'm so, so happy to hear that. I really am. And I'm glad that it's working for you and making you feel better. Mm -hmm. And I can see it. And I'm excited for you for 2020. And the amazingness that is going to come for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So as far as being an anxious person, just know that you cannot function without mental health. You need it. It's necessary. Your body can sometimes run on autopilot. You know, you might even recognize that you're driving on autopilot sometime. That's dangerous, though. You Mm -hmm. might know that your body will breathe on its own. It will do its bodily functions on its own. But your emotional and mental health are necessary to keep you moving forward in life as opposed to curling up in a fetal position on the couch and, you know, streaming uh, services and watching or binging TV shows and watching cable TV all day. So do what they tell you to do on the airplane. When you sit in your seat and the airplane people come out and they tell you the safety spiel and they tell you to put the mask, oxygen mask on yourself first. That's not just for the plane. Like you need to do that in real life too. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of yourself first. You cannot carry the world without taking care of yourself and feeding and refueling and recharging yourself first. I know it's counterintuitive to keep ourselves at the front of mind. I get that. I understand. But 
There's no reason for you to ignore how you feel. You are feeling this way for a reason. If it's actually affecting you physically, that is a wake up call to take charge of your mental and emotional health ASAP. You are a whole person and deserve to feel whole. So do what's necessary in order to do that for yourself. Yeah. So because of this, we're asking our full-time Black women community to write in with any questions you may have about anxiety or share your experiences with anxiety by using hashtag FTBW anxiety or going to our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to contact us directly. So once again, share your experience with hashtag FTBW anxiety or go to our website at fulltimeblackwoman to contact us directly. All right, you wonderful whole ladies. Remember, we are here for you full time from coffee to wine. And she said whole. Yes. Ladies. (laughs) That other one. Oh my God. (laughs) And play your power perfectly. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Full-Time Black Woman is created, recorded, and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. Have something to add to today's topic? Join our Facebook group, Full-Time Black Woman Conversations. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Full-Time Black Woman or on Twitter at FT Black Woman.